Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, our guest is the lovely and dynamic Laurel Williamson. Thank you for joining us, Laurel. Thank you for having me, Tammy. So, Laurel, tell us about your business. What is it that you do? I specialize in working with small business owners, traditionally under 40 employees. And I work with them first off to get their bookkeeping done, because that's legally what we have to do. Um, But more so than that, I actually work at creating systems to simplify the administration needs so that the bookkeeping can be a smaller piece of the pie and let business owners get to what they want to do, what their business is passionate about. And I've recently um, started doing courses again to help small business owners understand GST and what they need to know for payroll, all those really important pieces that they may not have that, that information yet. Well, it's definitely a big thing that is, is needed, and it's not just the, the technical and the legal aspects, but when I'm working with my small business clients, I'm going, this, the numbers tell you so much, so they can help you with, like, okay, when noticing when your business is busy and when it, and when it, when it's slow so that you can adjust your marketing and different things like that to stabilize and take advantage of opportunities. But if you never look at your numbers, you don't know a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. And a lot of business owners just treat bookkeeping as if it's something to be able to get the taxes done. And, and they're right. I mean, if, if CRA wasn't making us do this, a lot of business owners would take a second look at the numbers, but there is a second reason to do it. And that is, to find out if your advertising dollars are working for you, how much overhead you have on, on your products that you're spending, and even as simply like looking at ways that you can cut back. It's the numbers are there to tell you a story if you are open to the conversation. No, book bookkeeping is, is important and wonderful and can help you grow your business if you take advantage of the information that it provides. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is your family situation, Laurel? I am the mother of two grown children. I have a 23-year-old son and um, a daughter that I actually adopted when she was 12, and she is now 19, and so I'm in that beautiful space where I get to focus in on, on me and let the kids learn what they need to go out and learn in the world. You, you sound like a happy, empty nester mom. Well, I am. 
Yeah. Then haven't flown the coop completely. I think that's why it makes it easier. Yes. Yes. As as, as the mom of a teenager, I already sometimes feel like that because I can barely get my daughter to come out of her room a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So thinking back to like when you were a kid, when did you first start to notice and realize that money was something important? It's that's such an interesting question because by the time I was in grade three. I was absolutely in love with Trixie Belden. I was not a Nancy Drew girl. I was a Trixie Belden fan, and they had a club where they made money. And I was fascinated to the point that we started holding garage sales, shoveling snow, raking leaves. Great, like an eight-year-old collecting bottles to be able to see the the, the money grow. And, and looking back, I think, I think that was probably the first hint I was going to be my own business. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing then to know that you discovered that so young, because most don't discover it until many, many years later. So when you were saving all that money, what, what were you saving it for? Like what, what did you end up using it for? Well, we bought some spray paint because we needed to spray paint our clubhouse, which was inside the house. Um, so we had, a, we had a clubhouse underneath the stairs that we had to paint and buy lamps for, and it was, it was very serious, some um, serious work. That's impressive for an eight-year-old. Yes, we were, we were reinvesting in our clubhouse. And how long did that go on for? Well, when we had um, spray paint all over the carpet, I think that was probably the end of that. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully your parents didn't get too upset about that. I, I did live to tell about it. <laughs> as as we can tell in the fact that we're chatting here. <laughs> yes, yes, true. So, and, and now looking back at, at, at your kids, like you, you had your son from birth, obviously, and you, you adopted a daughter that was basically a teenager when you got her. What are some of the things that you noticed around your kids with how they reacted to money and what were their thoughts around it? I started something with my son very early on um, where half of any money he got went into a savings account. Um, and as he matured, we actually made it third so that one was a, a rainy day fund and, and one was um, sort of a life fund. And I'm really proud to say at the age of 23 now, he contributes to the life fund on a, a weekly basis, which is, it, it's fantastic. And he has used that to take different courses, to um, finance a car. So he's, it's really made a difference to what he's been able to accomplish. Um, and even being out of work has not been a crisis because he's had savings to, to fall back on. And, and I'm in a really unique position because my adopted daughter didn't, didn't have that. And she hasn't experienced what saving can be like and, and saving for a goal to have that financial reward. So it, it, I really think it does start from a very young age to be able to help the young adults be more aware of money. So how old were you when you started that with your son? Because you keep saying very young age. How old? I think he was probably four or five when I started seeing how many toys were coming through my door and just feeling 
overwhelmed at how much money was being spent on on plastic toys. Um, I, I was running a day home back then, so we already had a plethora of toys in our house. And I approached both of my parents and said, I love you dearly. So thankful that you, you know, want to spoil your grandchildren, but or your grandchild. But is there any way we could cut back on the toys and maybe buy GICs with that money annually or or a check that we can put into a savings account? So it was before he was even aware that we started cutting back. Like you said, there's so many toys and stuff, especially when when they're little. And one of the challenges that uh, we had because. My parents were, were new to the grandparent world. They did have one other grandchild, but my daughter was the first granddaughter. And, of course, they want to spoil a little bit. And, and it's so much fun to buy toys and clothes and stuff for when they're when they're really little because they're so adorable. But it's like I remember having, having clothes that Ayla never even wore because it was a summer outfit. And by the time she fit it, it was the dead of winter and things like that. And I'm going, well, it's beautiful, but what a Total and complete waste of money. I, I couldn't agree more. And when my son was little, I I was newly separated and running a, a candle store in, in Markham Mall. And it was a very different time for me financially. So money was a, a great of a great importance to me and I didn't I didn't understand it. I didn't have very much of it. So I just knew that going out to Toys R Us to buy a $40 toy didn't feel as good as going to a garage sale and picking up something just as, just as awesome for him for $5 and being able to take family trips and have those experiences versus having a house full of brand new sparkly toys. Yeah, that they only play with for a little while and then they're either broken or they're not interested in them anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, my, I, I got my daughter hooked on garage sales quite quite young, and I'm not a garage sailing person because I don't like clutter and things like that. But I showed her that, like you said, you go around and and if if you're watching for things, you can get some stuff at garage sales for, like you said, a fraction of the price. And I remember we were going out one summer when they were having the parade of garage sales around here. And you remember the mega blocks where you get the big one, like they're the really big Lego type ones. And to get a new thing, it would be like $45. Well, we got two garbage bags full at a garage sale for two bucks. And Ayla thought that was like the best thing in the world. So many times we've had that experience. And I will fully admit that my son did rebel when he hit teenage years. He was quite upset that he'd never had a brand new pair of skates. And he did go through a couple of years of him. He would rather have less and have one video game, but have it be brand new. And and that was fine. It's his money, his choices. And a few years later, he came back to, I'd rather save for a vacation and have a video game. So he started looking used again. And it was absolutely brilliant to watch him go through that and discover that for himself. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, like, they, they, our kids rebel and, and, and try things out, but they usually come back to, like I said, the good lessons that we, we try out. I love, because we'll go to the mall and stuff, because we like checking out, like, chapters, and we'll go and see the movies and things like that, using our points and our air miles and that. And 
Mila goes, how come there's all these, like, clothing stores and stuff like that? And, and, and they're changing all the time. And a lot of this, why would people pay good money for this? She's, I go to the Salvation Army and I get my shirts for, like, that I like for, like, $2. And she just, she goes off and she says, like, yeah, it's just the dumbest way to spend money, she thinks. Because she likes having the money build up in her jars and her accounts rather than putting into clothes that she's probably not going to fit in a week anyways. So with your son being an adult now, what are some of the things that you're that you're seeing with him and how he handles money? Just that he's really aware that he doesn't can't spend it all today, that you need to save to be able to go. He loves to attend different conferences for some of his hobbies and that it's not you don't wake up tomorrow and decide you go unless you have saved money for a rainy day. And it's really been brilliant to see that. Um, he also recently figured out that he didn't understand how to track his money. So we sat down and created a spreadsheet, of course, where he enters, you know, how much every account is sitting at weekly because he's a waiter and he gets cash tips. And, and we've even included whether or not his gas tank is full or empty. So that he can see, and now he's coming to me weekly and saying, you know, I went down this week, but I realized that I purchased the the tickets, so uh, I understand why I went down. He's he's actually getting curious about where his money is going, and that's that's fantastic. I think he'll be successful in that part of his world now because of the foundation that was laid. Oh, totally, totally. So I'm going to ask a little bit different. So. How long have you been running your bookkeeping business here? Uh, LinkedIn just told me that I had my 10-year anniversary this year. Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. So with you being a bookkeeper and, and stuff like that and, and working with the self-employed and the small business owners and the people that are just starting out and the ones that are a little bit more established, what are some of the lessons that, that you're seeing that they really probably should have had as kids and definitely before they got into business that you're having to work with them to learn now? A big one is just cash flow. I think so many of us spend what we have and they fail to save. The the big one is that they fail to save for their GST and their, um, their taxes on a monthly basis, which really makes April a terrible, terrible time for people when they're stressed about the big tax bill they're going to get. Um, or potentially get. So I think that having that foundation of just because grandma gave you $10 doesn't mean we, we spend $10 could start at a much earlier age. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with that. One of the things I've always done with my daughter and I, I te- teach my, my clients to do with their kids and all that is, um, Start it right from the very, very beginning, splitting it off, because then it's not, well, how come I don't get all of my money anymore? It's just always been that way. So we, we use the jar system with, with, with Ayla, and it's the one that I use for all of my clients, and they've got the six jars, and everything gets split up equally into it. So it's not of, okay, well, now we're going to start being mean to you, and we're going to start making you put aside some of this money. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. <laughs> And and as business owners, it's no different than the goals we have personally. You want your business to buy the 
the printer that's going to help you run your business smoother. You you want to be able to invest in your company, but having that foresight could really make a difference in your cash flow and allowing your business to be sustainable during your down periods. And I, I, I honestly think that is probably the number one thing that we need to instill in our children is saving for that rainy day. There's no such thing as job security right now. And having some savings to fall back on can make an the difference whether or not you keep a roof over your head. Well, yeah, even if things are going well, like business goes through ups and downs. And if you're if you're not prepared to deal with that and, and the planning. And another one that I, I work with quite a bit when I'm talking with my small business owners and things that I'm trying to teach, teach my daughter is to slow down and ask the questions and the right questions before you spend money. Because like a business one, people say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I need to get a printer. Because that's an ongoing thing, but do you need to go out and get the, like the absolute top of the line, like major corporate one? Because you you do one big project a year, or do you just need like the basic one for the ongoing stuff? And is it better for you to outsource and have somebody else who actually has the proper equipment to do that one big project for printing for you once a year? Absolutely. And again, I. I work with, in fact, on Saturday, I met with a small business owner, and my suggestion to her was to put um, some kind of day dot or sticker in her wallet, on her debit cards, on her credit cards, and every time she goes to spend money, ask herself, do I want to spend that money, or do I want that money to come to me at the end of the year in a dividend? I think it's going to transform her business because for for seven years she's been investing in her business and buying what she needs for the business and now she wants the business to be paying her. And and it's absolutely a possibility if she makes different choices. Well, so much of our society, especially targeted the kids, which really, really bothers me, is it's all about the consumption. It's the buy it now. It's the instant gratification. So they're going, well, if I put this money out and then, yeah, they don't think about the long-term consequences or, okay, am I getting a, like in a business, a dividend, or like you said, having that money in my, my savings or saving up for a trip or something. It's always about spend, 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 especially when it's all on the plastic because so many people do not have the emotional connection to the plastic equaling money. And, and it, I don't think that there's any part of our world that that doesn't apply to. There's there's more and more studies coming out that happiness is easier to attain if if it's something you can attain through experiences versus more consumption and the minimalist movement that's happening. I think that people are really aware right now of these choices. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I think like the tiny house movement and like the totally completely cutting every not my thing i don't get it but it just blows my mind how much stuff that people get and they just they don't know why they have it it they just impulsed and the keeping up with the joneses and all of that stuff and it just going is it making you happy no it's not so why are you doing it 
I actually play a little game with myself if I if I do go shopping, which I don't I, I don't go very often. I I don't unpack my items until the next day. And I end up returning a lot of stuff because I I felt like it was an important purchase, important enough to put in my cart. And then at the checkout, I check in again. But sometimes once I get it home, I realize like absolutely the next morning not needed. So I don't open anything. Sometimes I don't even unpack the bags until the next day. And then I, I don't have that same emotional attachment. It's funny what an eight-hour sleep will do. I that I've never heard of that before, but I guess it does make I guess that does make sense. I always tra- teach people to ask the question before they purchase anything: is Do I really want this? And a lot of the time, people go, you know what? No. If I can, if I actually stop and think about it, no, I don't really want this. It was just a bad habit or whatever, so they'll put it down and and cut down on their shopping an awful lot that way. But no, all good things. So to finish up here. If if you could make sure that your kids fully understand three things about money so that you feel that you've been a success as a parent, what are the three things you want your kids to know? Make more than you spend. Um, don't spend everything you have because there are going to be different circumstances that we can't understand come, come up. And having money in the bank is going to make a, a little bit of a difference on how we can handle it. And the third one is something I do every year, which is stop and take a look at what you are spending. Every every telephone bill, your cable bill, your bank charges, and see where the waste has creeped back in. Because every year I do the exercise and every year I find that bills have, we've added a channel on our cable that we really don't need or we've, started eating out more. Whatever it is, there are ways that we can cut back to be more financially abundant. No, I I fully agree with that one because when I go through people with their bills and stuff, because most people don't take that time to actually look and see what is going on. And most families are bleeding a minimum of $200 a month on, on waste that they don't even know about. It is the most empowering exercise that I do annually. And it, now it's so automatic that if TELUS calls me to check in on how things are going, my question is, how can you save me money? And they are, businesses are willing to work with you. Because they want to keep you as a customer. But absolutely, you need to be your own advocate because they will, they will bill you for as much as you're willing to pay. And people are... People are busy. They're not taking the time to look at their bank statements and their credit card statements. And bills just creep up. They you, you get a notice in your in your envelope saying that they're adding the surcharge, and we don't pay attention. And then all of a sudden, our budget's not working, and people don't know why. Or even if everything is still working, I go, how how hard did you have to work to earn that money? Why are you just letting it go out the door? <laughs> Absolutely, and that's. If, if people only take one thing away from this, I would really invest in some stickers and put them on your debit card and your credit card to to interrupt your pattern of purchasing and, and ask yourself, and I would tweak the question you had, is do I want this or do I want to attain whatever financial goal they have, whether it be saving for a vacation or 
having a certain dollar amount in their bank. It's every dollar we spend, we get to be empowered with choice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat with us today. It was a great conversation. Tammy, it was an absolute honor. I'm so thankful that you are doing what you do and helping people. Well, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye now. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.